So wherever you are in the world at the moment, you're probably facing the reality of having to do things virtually. And that includes presenting, whether that's webinars, client meetings, team meetings, events, demos, sales pitches. And that might be, for some of you, a really big change. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you the seven P's of how to virtually present really, really well. Quick fire tips that will be of benefit to you if you're trying to present virtually. You're listening to the Better Presentations More Sales podcast with Trevor Lee. Tune in each week for top tips and ideas to deliver in-person and online presentations, demos, sales pitches and webinars that will help grow your sales. And now, here's your host, Trevor Lee. Welcome everybody. This is episode 132 of Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. My name is Trevor Lee. Welcome to the show. Thanks very much for listening. And on today's show, I'm going to work with you through the seven P's of virtual presenting. Now, virtual presenting can be very different to real-life presenting, can't it? You can still have the same nerves, you can still have the same anxiety about it, but you still need all the bits in, in line that you would do with a normal presentation. So I've been using my seven P's of presenting model to just give you two or three key tips in each of the seven P's if you're going to do virtual presenting. Because a lot of it is the same, but we tend to think that maybe it's not. So whether you're doing a webinar, a client meeting, an internal meeting, you're, you've been asked to present at an event, or you've got a chance to do a demo or a sales pitch, a full-on sales pitch, then all these seven P's are going to be very relevant to you. Right, let's get cracking. So number one, and this is the one you always need to put down first when you're doing a presentation. If you fire up the PowerPoint first, then that's not great. So number one is your purpose. Two quick questions you've got to ask yourself. Why are you presenting and what do you want the outcome to be? Very simple, isn't it? Very often when we're doing presentations, we forget to ask ourselves those questions. You need to ask those questions. You really need to ask those questions. So very simple purpose. Why are you presenting? What is the outcome? What do you want the outcome to be? The answers to those questions will help you determine most of the rest of your presentation. Right, number two in the seven Ps is people. And the two questions to ask yourself there are, number one, who are you presenting to and what are they expecting? And the more you can know about your audience, the better. And it's really important that you answer that question number two. What are your audience expecting? Because a lot of presentations don't be successful because simply the presenter decides that they understand what is needed and they actually deliver the presentation for themselves rather than the audience. So if you want to put stuff in your presentation that your audience doesn't really need to know, but you just want to kind of show off almost and say, well, I'm putting this in because it just proves I know it, don't put it in. All right, this is not about you, it's about your audience. And that's a really important factor. So if you want a little mantra, if you like, to make sure that happens, think audience first, you second. All right. That's the way it needs to be. Right. Number three is your preparation. Now, preparation when you're delivering any sort of presentation is absolutely paramount to success. And the first thing I always say to people is, okay, is there a time that you've got? No, I don't mean the time of day. I mean the time in terms of the length of the slot that you've got to deliver. And if you're delivering an event or you're part of a webinar, chances are there are. And it might be that if you're delivering to a client, you've said, right, I'm going to do a little presentation. It's going to take 10, 15 minutes. 
And when you're doing your preparation, you know, you need to then build your presentation around that time. It's little point if someone says, well, you've got a 10-minute slot, Trevor, and then you deliver a 25-minute presentation. That's not going to work well for you or your audience. So time, get to know how much time you've got. And if they say, well, take as long as you like, then I would always say, tell them how long it's going to be. So in that case, I'll take 20 minutes. Thank you very much. Second part of of, uh, preparation is the kit. Now, when we're doing this face-to-face, we talk about projectors, we talk about screens and audio systems and all that sort of stuff. So when we're doing it virtually, actually, it's not dissimilar. Your projector is Zoom or Teams or whatever software you're using. Your screen is what you're looking at, and ideally you've got two of them linked together, as we'll see in a minute, and your audio is going to be your microphone. And ladies and gentlemen, when you're doing a virtual presentation, sometimes the audio quality of you is much more important than the video quality. Make sure that you've got good audio quality. So don't rely on a built-in microphone, because some of them are not very good. So get yourself a nice uh, USB microphone, something like that that you can work with, or a little plug-in one that you know you attach to yourself that goes into the computer or the laptop or whatever you're delivering. If you can run two screens at the same time, it's really, really beneficial because then you can have your main slide on the first screen and on the second screen, you can have all the stuff that goes with it, all the bits. Because if you're delivering a webinar, you might have a Q&A going on, a poll going on, a chat going on. You want to be able to see all that without distracting from looking at your main slide. And the other advantage is if you're using a slideshow, which if you're using slides, you probably will, on the second screen, you can have the slides building for you. So you can see what slide is coming up next. So there's lots of advantages, actually, to presenting virtually that you wouldn't normally get if you were presenting in a, in a room, which you've probably you know, been used to. So preparation number three, absolutely vital. Right, number four is your plan. And what I mean by this is the structure, the content, and the flow of your presentation. And it's really important to get that right. You don't want a presentation that is very bitty, that jumps around. You need it to flow. If you, you, know, you know, Imagine you're telling a story. You, know, you would have a start, a middle, and an end, really, wouldn't you? And that's how it should be with your presentation. You need a good, solid start. A core middle, if you like, which is where your core messages come in. And then a strong finish or the summary, if you like. And you need to allocate the time to that as well. So I always think allocate around about, I don't know, 10, 15% to the start of your presentation. You're setting the scene, you're getting going. And then the main bit is probably two thirds, 70% of your presentation. But no matter how much time you've got in the middle bit, I would always focus on three key messages. If you decide you're going to share 10 or 12 messages, it's just too much for your audience. They they leave thinking, well, which bits am I supposed to take away? So if you focus on three key messages, regardless whether you're talking for five minutes or 25 minutes, it's very obvious to the audience then what they've got to remember, what they've got to take away. All right. And then the summary, 10 or 15 percent of your time as well. And the key to the summary is making sure you don't run out of time so you can deliver it. Now, if you listen to some of the other podcasts, you will hear me talk about the the three tell-thems, which have been around for hundreds of years. Tell them what you're going to tell them, which is the beginning. Tell them, that's the core messages in the middle, and tell them what you've told them. And that's the end. And this bit about, you know, the plan would be exactly the same as if you are, you know, dealing with it in a face-to-face situation. 
The big difference, which we'll come to when we talk about number six, which is the delivery, is building in some interaction. So what you need to build in into your plan, your structure, are things like polls, things like a Q&A and a chat, particularly if you're delivering anything over half an hour. If you've got 15 minutes, then you probably don't need to worry about that. But if you're delivering something for 30 minutes plus, you've got to get some interaction going with your audience. Otherwise, they will lose concentration. So, you know, get get used to delivering and using, a, I use Zoom and the webinar product on Zoom is great. You can just slip in a poll or two and it gets people involved. I usually do a couple at the beginning, right at the very beginning as part of my start. So, ladies and gentlemen, before we get going, just want to ask you a couple of quick questions. And it really does work because it engages your audience, it gets them involved and they think, oh, I've got to do something. Rather than them thinking, right, how long is he going to go on for and is it going to be interesting? So get, you know, get that built in right at the start of your presentation and then maybe bring one or two in the summary. You know, so uh, just summing up, ladies and gentlemen. So before I do my final summing up, just again, just want to run a quick poll or two. And the beauty about bringing a poll or two in in the summary is that if you do start to run out of time, you can just avoid doing them and that will get you some time back. So there's a little top tip for you as well. So we've done four so far. That's the purpose. Why are you presenting? What do you want the outcome to be? Number two, the people, who you're presenting to, what are they expecting? Number three, the preparation, which is all about getting the kit, what you could, kit you're going to use, and how much time have you got? And then the plan, the structure, the content, the flow, the start, the beginning, uh, start, the middle, and the end. Right, number five is PowerPoint or the slides, depending on whether, you know, if you're using Keynote or something like that. So people say, oh, well, you know, I've, you know, death by PowerPoint. You've all heard of that phrase, haven't you? I think I did a podcast just about death by PowerPoint at some time. I'd have to check which one it was. It was probably quite a while ago now. But PowerPoint, what causes death by PowerPoint? Well, I often, when I'm running a presentation course, I get to about slide 68 and I say, okay, I just want to talk about death by PowerPoint. So can you tell me how many slides I've used? And most people say under 30. And when I say 68, they, they are genuinely quite shocked. So to me, Death by PowerPoint is not the number of slides, it's what you put on the slides. And we're all very tempted to fill the slides with tons of words, particularly if we've got a company template involved as well, which, by the way, don't do that. Don't have every bloody slide with your, sorry, with your company template on it. You don't need that. It takes up too much room. It's, oh, you don't, you know, you don't need to keep reminding people who you are, do you? (laughs) So don't let your marketing department bully you into having a presentation which has got your blinking logo on every single slide and taking up probably about 20% of the slide. Right, rant over about that. So keep the slides to a minimum in terms of the words you put on them. All right. Use strong images. Picture paints a thousand words. It's very true when you're doing a virtual presentation. The last thing you want, remember, people are looking at this on a small screen. They might be watching it on their phone even. So the last thing you want is loads of words on the screen, on your slide rather, and then A, you start reading them and B, they start trying to, you know, read them as well. So here's the rule for you. If you need to put words on slides, start with one and add to it if you really, really need to. Okay, try it. It it does work. You've got to be ruthless with the way you put the words on these slides. Every word is a prompt. It's not part of a script. All right. So there we go. That's a really important part of PowerPoint. Then use good quality images. And if you want some good quality images, you can go to places like Pexels and Unsplash. 
but download the high-res version of them when you include them in your presentation. And also build in transitions between each slide. And you can do, you know, don't go completely mad and use every single one. So it's, you know, it becomes a bit of a, a roller coaster for your audience. But just, you know, use two or three on the trot and then change them around. And there's lots of ones you can use, whether you're using Keynote or PowerPoint. But it just breaks it up and it makes it a bit more interesting for your audience to watch. Right, that's PowerPoint. Number six is your performance, which is the delivery of your presentation. And, you know, people say, well, I'm a bit, I'm, you know, there's lots of people are nervous about delivering presentations. And, well, I'm not sure if it's more nervous delivering a virtual presentation or a real presentation. I've got a feeling, you know, again, because when you're delivering a virtual presentation, you often can't see your audience. And I think actually it's best not to see your audience. So you can focus on the delivery. It's a bit like me delivering this podcast to you. I'm speaking to this podcast. I'm recording it in my office. I'm looking out of the window of the office into my little garden. I can't see any, any of your body and I certainly can't see any of you. But I've got to imagine you're there listening to this podcast. And that's why I've got to deliver it in a certain way. So what I try and do with the podcast delivery is put a bit of energy into it. And that's what you need to do when you deliver your virtual presentation or, or sales pitch or demo or meeting or whatever it is. You've got to put some energy into it. It's your responsibility to help keep your audience engaged. Your slides won't do that. It's down to you. And therefore, things that you can use are your voice. All right. OK, your voice can make a real difference. So practice using your voice. You can go a bit quicker or you can slow down and really emphasize something. Or you can change the tone. Lots of things you can do with your voice. But if you speak all the way through in the same voice, it's not going to be that interesting, is it? Right. Okay. <laughs> and the other thing about delivery is, as I've mentioned earlier, you've got to interact with your audience. It's really important that you keep that interaction going. And if, you, you know, if you're using polls and chats and Q&A and things like that, you can do that. All right. It doesn't matter how long your presentation is, you might want to consider doing that. You can't when you're doing a virtual presentation. When you're doing a face-to-face -face presentation, you can, you can pick. You know, you can have a chat with somebody. You can ask an opinion. You can just acknowledge them with a, a signal. When you're doing it virtually, you can't do that. But build it into the time. Don't forget to build it into the time. The other thing about the delivery is the little things that you need to get lined up. So get some water. Make sure you've got a glass of water just in case you need a sip of water. No one's going to see you drinking the water. It's just a good little break for you if you need it. Have some little notes scattered around if you need them, you know, but don't have all the whole thing written out because you'll just get confused where you are. So maybe just the odd bullet point note that you might want to refer to if you need to. But if you've got two screens running, then, you know, and you can see the next slide coming up, then that should be OK. One top tip, if you like, I, when I put my presentations together, I've got the two screens on the Mac and the other, the other screen, and then I, I um, open my iPad which is not, is not connected to the presentation at all. But on it, I look at the table view of the presentation. So I can probably see 16 or 20 slides at one point. So if I just need to check when, when something's coming up, I can just quickly glance at my iPad and there it is. So there's a little top tip for you. And finally, in performance, you know, deliver it with some passion and some enjoyment. Because if you come across as enjoying delivering your presentation, no matter whether it's a client meeting, a team meeting, a demo, whatever it happens to be, that will rub off on your audience. Because they will have sat through, in the last six months or so, some pretty dull online presentations. <laughs> so stand out by enjoying it. Right. Number seven, practice. 
And it really is important that you practice your online presentation. In fact, it's probably more important than your your you know than you practice your face to face one because you are also controlling all of the kit. So you know, practice you know how the kit's going to work. So you're comfortable with the Q and A and the poll and the chat and the slide transition and the setup and which screen you're sharing and all that sort of stuff. Because it may be that, you know, in some cases you are part of an event and the event organiser will send you, the, you know, will beam you into the event. So you're not actually in control of the software that you're using. But, you know, the golden rules of practice in for presentations for me are two or three run throughs. You don't want to be scripted. OK, but two or three run throughs. And don't forget, if you've listened to this podcast before, you'll have probably heard me bang on about the 80 to 85 percent practice time rule. And this is practicing your presentation to deliver in 80 or 85 percent of your allocated time. So for the ease of maths, if you've got a 10 minute presentation, that means deliver it in eight or eight and a half minutes when you practice. If you deliver it in 10 in practice, you will run over on the day because you'll, you know, the, it might take you a little bit longer to get a point over. You might add a bit, add a bit to your story you're telling, all sorts of things. You'll get into the presentation and what you really don't want to do is run out of time for that vital summary at the end where you're going to tell people what you want them to do next. And that's, you know, that's my summary of the summary of this of this uh, podcast, if you like. When you're delivering virtually online, start at the beginning and explain what's coming up next. Tell them what you're going to tell them. And at the end, tell them what you've told them and what you want them to do next. Don't just say, oh, thanks very much. Any questions? <laughs> All right. Now, if there, if there is a bit of a Q&A, uh, a proper Q&A, um, um, two things about questions with virtual presentations. I think if you take them on the, on the, on the run, if you like, um, providing you've, you know, you've got plenty, of, you've got time to do that, I think that's a good thing to do because it breaks the whole thing up. So if you're delivering like a 45-minute webinar-style presentation or something, then take the questions on the run. You might do them in sections. So let's, for example, if I was delivering this seven P's as a webinar, I might say, right, I'll take questions after, you know, I'll, talk, I'll do purpose and people, then I'll take some questions. I'll do preparation and planning, then I'll take some questions. If you save them all up for the end, it, you know, by having the Q&A, you can bring people in. Now, what I wouldn't advise necessarily is that you bring them in asking questions live. Depends on how many people are there. If you've got a meeting going on and there's five or six people there, great. But if you're delivering and there's 50 people there, you don't really want them all butting in with questions in a live. So get them to type the questions into the Q&A. That's it, you know, but practice that, how you're going to do that. And then if you are going to answer questions at the end, my advice is, as always with presentations, do the Q&A before your final one minute roundup. And your final one minute roundup is your call to action. Come on, let's do this. Right, there we go. I hope that's useful, everybody. If you get a chance to do a virtual presentation, then just do it, you know, but do do that practice. Right. If you want some more notes or podcast listens on this, then I've checked that episode 122 uh, a few weeks ago, I talked about online demo demos, you know. So if you're demo demoing products online virtually, have a listen to that. And the one before it, 121, was with uh, Adam Pearson. And Adam comes on the podcast and he talks about how to overcome the anxiety of presenting. So that's a good one to listen to as well. Now, if you need help with your presentations, then, you know, I'm very happy to, to consider doing that. It's what I do. <laughs> so I do everything from one-to-one -one coaching uh, on presentations, right, you know, all the way through to presentation skills for groups. But because I'm doing it virtually, I keep the time down. So 
we're doing a group session, it won't be a full day, it won't be a half day, it might only be an hour, maybe two or three times, all right? And I can fit in around you as well in your time zone and everything that goes with that. So there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks very much for listening. If you do like this podcast and you've got something from it, please leave me a review. That would be absolutely fantastic. If you've got a great idea you'd like to come and share on the podcast, get in touch, Trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next Monday with another episode. Cheers for now.